Hey, everybody! So good to see you. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Roaring Twenties, right? Roaring Twenties. Makes you kind of want to do this thing, right? I don't know, man. Roaring Twenties. Well, listen, we are so glad that you're here. Hope that you had an amazing Christmas season. And uh, I just want to say, you know, Vicki and I, we did something we don't normally do during the Christmas season. Uh, Normally, we always take the uh, uh, the, the, the little break there from Christmas to New Year's. We'll go down and see our, our daughter and our grandson and that sort of thing. This year, that didn't work out, so we stayed home. We did a staycation. Come on, somebody. It was so good. We got a little bit of rest. Uh, thank you to Mark Smith, who preached for me last week. and heard that service was just absolutely awesome. You know, thank you for all the people who helped us during the Christmas season and all the people that helped with the Christmas Eve candlelight communion services. They were absolutely great. Both of them just were uh, tremendous. I think it was some of the best stuff that, that we've done. The band was absolutely fabulous, man. You guys just knocked it out of the park. And so uh, one of the things about you know staying home and just getting some rest is it gives me a chance to kind of recharge and reset and get ready for the new year. And I'm excited I'm excited about this new year. I'm excited to see what God is going to do. It's a new decade, and it's the year 2020. And I've got a lot of pastor friends on social media, and they're all making jokes about, you know, every pastor this week is going to be talking about vision because it's 2020, right? The 2020 vision and all that. And so everything inside of me rebels and doesn't want to do that. I want to kind of resist that idea. And yet I can't really, you know, because I believe that 2020 is going to be an amazing year and an amazing decade of vision. You know, every year at the beginning of the year, I ask God to give me kind of a defining word for that year. And this year, it's the word clarity, clarity. I believe that this is going to be a year of clarity. You know, Vicki and I, it's kind of funny, Vicki and I for, for quite some time have both needed eyeglasses. And, uh, you know, it, I, I've been wearing kind of like the readers, like i got a pair in my pocket right now. And it's like if I need to read something up close or that sort of thing, then I pull the little readers out, which if you don't know what those are, they're just like a row of glasses that you can get in any grocery store. And, and you know, hopefully it'll kind of work a little bit. Well, it's been a long time since it's been working well, you know what I'm talking about? And so we said, okay, let's just break down. And while we were on Christmas break, we went and got our eyes uh, checked out. And it was really, really good. You know, we ordered new glasses, and they're coming. I'm excited about having my glasses and being able to see and (laughs) all of that. Uh, But I don't know if you've ever been and had your vision checked in one of these places. But the doctor has you look through this little device, and you're looking at a slide, and they ask you, you know, which one looks clearer? And you go, all right, which one looks clearer? Is it one or two? And if you're like me, man, I look at it and go, they look the same to me. I don't see the difference you know, between one and two. Look a little bit closer, focus in a little bit more. So I'm looking, and finally I start to see, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess two is a little bit more clear than, than that. And it's okay, which looks different, the two or three? I go, okay, well, I think three is a little clearer. Okay, three or four? Mm, still three. All right, three or five? Still three. And he goes, okay, there's that. And then he does it for both eyes, right? And then he gets you to look through and says, all right, this is what it's going to look like. He shows you a, another slide with a bunch of letters on it. He says, this is what it's going to look like when you have your new glasses on. And I go, that's pretty cool. And then he says, and this is what it looks like without the glasses. And he just goes, <laughs> right? You know? And the thing is, you don't really realize how well you're not seeing 
until you get clarity, until things start to come into focus. And so without trying to sound corny, it was eye-opening, right? Like everything just kind of focused in. There was clarity. And in that moment, God spoke to me and confirmed what he had already been laying on my heart. And he said, this is what I intend to do in the lives of the people who follow me. I want to take them into this new season, this new decade, and I'm going to bring some clarity. There's some of you here, you've been seeking answers for some things that God is doing in your life. You've been looking to God to kind of fill in the spots. Maybe you've had a tough season. Maybe you've been going through a tough time or you've been working through some things. Maybe you just need some guidance. God, how do I, how do I get from step A to step B? You know, what are the small steps that I need to take? I don't believe that God's going to show you the entire future all at once, but I do believe he'll show you the next steps. I believe there's going to be some clarity coming into your life. How many of you said that'd be a good thing, man? I could use some clarity, right? So that's my prayer for you as we get started into 2020, that you'll have clarity, you'll be able to focus in on the things that God wants you to do in this new year, and that it will make this year special and set you up for an amazing decade. Amen, somebody? Amen. Well, let me just say as we get started this morning, I, I love you guys. I do, and, and I love being your pastor. It's an honor to be your pastor, but I, I really do want to pastor you. I don't want to just come in here on Sundays and create a churchy experience for you. So today what I want to do is I want to take you on a spiritual journey, and that's what this message that I'm going to be speaking today, Becoming New, is all about. Did you know that God has a vision for your life? He does, and, and I want to show it to you. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter uh, 20. We're going to be starting at verse 4. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. As you can see, it's up on the screens, and you can track along with us on that. You know, in Revelation chapter 21, I'm sorry, chapter 21, uh, in Revelation chapter 21, God gives us a picture of what heaven is going to look like, all right? And what heaven looks like is actually what God has always intended for you in your life, all right? And this is what it looks like. It says, he, talking about God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In other words, uh, every place where you're experiencing hurt right now, every place where you are discouraged, every place where it just seems like life stinks right now, God has every intent of wiping the tears away from your eyes. He says there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Now you need to understand, God always intended it this way, but sin destroyed the vision that God has for our life. All right? Sin destroyed it. He says, for the old order of things have passed away. Now that's an interesting phrase right? Like there is an order that's happening right now, and it's an old order. It's not really God's plan. And it says, he who was on, seated on the throne, it's talking about Jesus, said, I am making everything what? New. new. I'm making everything new. That's what he's saying. So I'm making everything brand new. Now, this is a fascinating idea, I love this idea, and I've really been thinking a lot about it this last few weeks, this idea of new, starting the, because everybody likes new, right? I mean, we do. We, I think that's why we like a new year. It's a, a fresh start. It's an opportunity to see new things happen. I think it's kind of that excitement, like when you get a new car and it, it smells new and there's that excitement and all that. We like, how many of you like new stuff? 
right? We do. We just do. It's just fun. There's something about new. And, and God, I believe with all my heart that God loves new. He loves making things new. Now, here's something I want you to think about, is that when it comes to our lives, I believe that very few of us have actually experienced new. You say, well, oh, Robert, I can't really experience that till I get to heaven. You know, that's God's vision for when I get to heaven. No, God said to pray, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right? So that was God's plan. Uh, God always intended for you to have your tears wiped away and everything to be made new right here and right now. But what I truly believe is that too many people have never approached God with the idea or the concept of new. In fact, I think most of us got into religion or Christianity or church with the concept that here's what God's going to do. He's going to come into my messed up life and he's going to make some improvements, right? He's going he's to kind of change some things. He's going to make things a, a little bit better. He's going to take who I am and just fix it a little bit, right? And, and, and I'll never be what I totally you know, was created to be or want to be, but heaven's coming one day. And, and, and then, you know, when that happens, maybe everything will kind of come together. But you see, we've almost resigned ourselves to the fact that we can't be made brand spanking new. And that's why I think a lot of people have failed resolutions. If you're like most people, you probably made a New Year's resolution or two as the year started. And what a resolution is, it's, it's an attempt on our part to make life a little bit better to make things a little bit better. And most of us never make it. In fact, studies have shown that 80% of New Year's resolutions, they don't make it past Valentine's Day. That's about six weeks. You've got about six weeks chugging along in that resolution, and you ah, right? I can't do it. All right? So they really don't work. And there's a reason that they don't work. And that's what this message is all about. And it's because we never really give God a chance to make us new brand new. We've never really had something happen on the inside of us. So we're not new, we're just merely improved. You ever seen products that have that on that says, you know, new and improved? Well, you know, you're not new if you're improved. It's just that it just doesn't work that way. All right? So what a lot of us try to do is we try to take the old thing and improve it, but God says, I want to make all things new. That's what he wants to do. So here's what it looks like. We make resolutions, and they're not working. I've told you this before. I don't make resolutions because they don't work. They just don't work. In fact, a lot of you, what happens is you go into 2020, you make your resolutions, but because you've been through this before so many times, you've kind of gotten to the point where you set your expectations a little bit lower, right? Because it didn't happen so well in the first part. So you're going, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to set it a little bit lower. Let me show you how that works, all right? I made a list just for fun of some examples of failed resolutions. You with me? These are failed resolutions. For example, resolution number one, this is what you probably did in, in 2018. You said, all right, 2018, it's a brand new year. I'm going to work out five times a week, right? 2019, I will work out three times <laughs> a week. And this year, it's kind of like, I'm going to try and drive by the gym at least once, you know, every week, yeah, right? So, so it just kind of gets, it, it, it kind of gets lower. All right, you with me? Resolution number two, 
In 2018, I'm going to read at least 10 books this year. <laughs> 2019, man, I'm going to finish the, the book that I'm reading. I'm going to just try and finish the book. In 2020, I'm going to try and catch a movie on Netflix that was come from a book. <laughs> you know, it says you just keep getting lower and lower. Resolution number three, 2018, I will pay off my bank loan this year. 2019, I will pay off my bank loans <laughs> this year. In 2020, I'm going to be out of the country by the end of the year, right? That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's just, that's just that's the way it is. And so here's my point. Why? Why is this happening? Why is it that nothing is ever really changing? I mean, I meet and talk to people all the time who feel stuck. I mean, really just stuck in their life. They see other people and their lives are changing and they feel that they can't break out of these dangerous cycles that they're stuck in. And my belief is that the problem centers around the fact that we've tried to take the old life and simply spruce it up a little bit, right? We're trying, you know, maybe put a little, throw a little paint on it, maybe put some flowers around it, and we just take the old and just make it a little bit better. And it doesn't work, so we give up on it. I want to show you a powerful verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is probably a very familiar verse to a lot of you, but it says, when someone becomes a Christian, now stop there for a second, Imagine saying that to somebody else and, and just letting them answer. What does that mean? What, what happens? In other words, when someone becomes a Christian, finish it for me. What happens? And so somebody might say, well, well Robert, everybody knows that. When, when someone becomes a, a Christian, they become real religious. No. You know, well, when somebody becomes a, a Christian, they know everything. No. You know, those aren't true. Well, what happens then? Well, the Bible says when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes, say it with me, a brand new person on the inside. That's powerful. Now, there's a couple of key words there, all right? He becomes a brand new person. And then where is it? On the inside. It's happening, something that's happening inside of us. See, my fear is that too many people... Their Christian experience has basically happened externally, and nothing has happened internally. In fact, I can prove it. According to surveys, where they survey across a sampling of America, they say roughly 78% of people in the United States identify as Christians. 78% of people would say, if you ask them, you know, do you have a faith that you follow, they'd say, oh, I'm a Christian. But listen, out of that same 78%, only 7% of them say that because of their Christianity, their life has changed at all. That's tragic, all right? Because real Christianity is when a person becomes brand new on the inside. It says he is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. So if you'll give me a chance, I want to take a few minutes this morning and show you how real change can begin to happen in your life. And it doesn't happen by doing things externally and hoping that leads to a new me. No, the change has to happen inside, inside of us. So what we need is not a resolution because those don't work. We need a revolution. We really do. You need a complete change of who you are. You don't need to turn, listen, look, everybody listen to me. You don't need to turn over a new leaf. You need a new life. You need a new you, all right? And so that's what we're talking about, everything brand new. And I'm going to show you how. Now, if you've ever tried to change, there's three ways that you can approach change, all right? Uh, if you're taking notes, you might want to fill these in. This is the first one, is that you can change from the outside in or from the uh, inside out. 
Do you know what I mean by that? Right? See, a lot of people try and do the first one. They say, you know what, I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to change my schedule. I'm going to change how I spend money. I'm going to stop eating chocolate. Right? You know, I'm going to change some things. And if I do that, it'll change my life. It doesn't work, guys. And again, studies show that people who try and do that go back to their old ways, boom, just like that. Because what needs to happen is they need to actually change from the inside out, not the outside in. In other words, if I'll change on the inside first, that will change the outside. Let me say it this way. 2020 will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. All right? In other words, if you change on the inside, it's going to impact every other part of your life. And really, what happens to you spiritually has the power to change everything else. In in other words, don't start with the diet, start with God. Don't start with your schedule, start with God. Let God do something brand new inside of your life, and I promise you, I guarantee you, it will change everything else. Here's another way to say it. Are you going to do something different? Or are you going to be someone different? different. Thank you. (laughs) In other words, it's not just about changing my activities or something that's happening on the inside of me. Here's the last way. It's either improve the old you or become a new you. And that's really what I'm proposing this morning. And again, I believe that not very many people have ever really experienced that, changing on the inside, becoming a brand new person. So I want to show you how, because I do believe that this can be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. I'm telling you, if you grow spiritually, if you change on the inside, it's going to impact every aspect of your life in a positive way. You know, if you read through the Bible, if you become a student of the Bible, God showed us a system, and he intentionally set up a system that really didn't work. In the Bible, it's called the Old Covenant. He says, I'm going to show you, by letting people kind of live out this system for thousands of years, I'm going to show you this old covenant way, and you'll realize that things never really change. And here's how the system basically worked. The old covenant, if if you mess up in your life, if you do some things that are wrong, and you just get kind of off track, and you sin, and things are bad, the way you could fix it, so to speak, was in those days you would sacrifice animals, and the blood of the animals would symbolically take away your sins. It would just take those, that, this pile of sin that you have and just cover it. It never really removed it. It just kind of covered over them. And here's the problem. Even though your sins were paid for, you still felt guilty about it. All right? In fact, the book of Hebrews goes into this long theological discussion about it that's really hard, actually, for a lot of people to understand. So I want to just kind of break it down for you and make it really, really simple. So basically what happened, God looked at the old system and said, you know what, I don't care for that. There's a better way. And it's discussed in chapter 10 of Hebrews. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, uh, starting at verse 16. And we're going to stay in Hebrews a, a good bit here. Take a look at this. He's saying, all right, I'm going to give you some ways to live this out, what we're talking about today. He says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. And notice the difference here, all right? God says, I'm not going to give you laws that are written on stone and then say, okay, obey, obey, obey. He says, listen to what he says. He says, I will put my law where? In their hearts. I'll put my law. In other words, he's not going to tell you to do right. He's going to make you right. 
He's going to make you right with him. In other words, it's not just a bunch of rules and regulations and rituals that are happening externally. He's going to come in and change something on the inside of you. It's something that's happening internally. Let me say it this way. If you're a person who looks at the Bible and goes, you know what, this is ridiculous. This is too hard. How do you do this stuff? Well, it's because it hasn't gotten in you yet, right? Because the second it becomes in you, it becomes a joy to live that way right? If you've ever tried to follow God by just following the rules and just doing everything right, it's frustrating. It's hard. It's living under the old covenant. And it's basically what most people do with their resolutions. So God says, here's what I want to do. I want to put my laws in their hearts. That's what he says. I want to put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. So you don't do right, you become right. Then he says, their sins and their lawless acts. I'm not going to cover them up so they're always kind of still sitting there as a reminder. He says, no, I will remember them no more. I'm going to remove them. I'm going to cleanse them. In fact, you can check it out if you really want to kind of study it theologically. But in the previous chapter, he basically says, here's the old system. The problem with it is that it couldn't cleanse your conscience. It couldn't cleanse the conscience of the worshiper because they always still felt guilty. Their sins were paid for, but they still felt bad. And God says, I want to do something new. I want to make all things new. And I hope you read something like that or you hear something like that and you go, that's what I want. I want God to do something new inside of me. You know, maybe that's why we've never enjoyed church. You know, maybe that's why it's a pain sometimes to get up in the morning and study our Bibles or, or why we think prayer is boring or that sort of thing. It's hard. It's because we're trying to change externally. But when something happens inside of us, now all of this stuff becomes a joy in our life. And, you know, something has to change inside of us. How, Pastor Robert? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Uh, let's take a look at the next verse. Because basically what I've done here is I've outlined the chapter for you because the text speaks for itself. In other words, let me say it this way. I didn't create the points this morning. I'm just going to show you the points that are already in the Word of God. All right, look at what he says. He says, therefore, by the way, when you see that word therefore, you know the old corny, cheap, cheesy pastor line. Every time you see the word therefore, you look and see what it's therefore. Right. So, so in other words, you're going back to what he was just saying, the previous part of the, the discussion. He's making a connector. And so he's saying, all right, you know, if you want a life that is changed on the inside first, therefore do this. So he says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, uh, this is a life-giving way that gets us out of the dilemma of our, our, our resolution issues. He says, open up a horse through the curtain that is his body. In other words, by all the work that Jesus did. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus. And then he says four times in this text, two words, let us. Everybody say, let us. Let us. And so basically the points that I have for you are right here in the Bible. They're the four points where he says, let us. And there are four lettuces in the Bible. And here's the first one. By the way, I think I enjoy my humor way more than you guys do. <laughs> he says, let us draw near to God. See, that's, that's the very first one. See, if you really want this and it's not happening, you may be too far away from God. You need to get closer. 
He says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, you need to get close to God. Let me say it this way. One of the best decisions that you could make right now in 2020 is to say, this is going to be the year that I get closer to God than I ever have in my entire life. This is going to be that year. And I'm telling you, it will affect your family. It will affect your spending. It will affect your diet. Basically, every area of your life that is on your resolution list will be impacted because you've gotten closer to God. Come on, somebody. And it's true. So uh, you want to know how to get this new life inside of you? Get closer to God. Some of you are too far from Him. We need to come close, worship Him, know Him, experience Him, love Him. Let us draw near. Here's the second let us, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. One translation says it this way. Hold on to the promises of God. You know, that's talking about God's Word. So if you really want to change what's happening on your life and what's happening on the inside, you've got to realize that the Word of God is alive. It's absolutely alive. It's a living book that has power. It has the power that you need. It is contained in the book itself. The Bible is not a normal book. Man, not only are you reading it, it is reading you, right? It's a book of power for the believer. And Hebrews 4 says that when you read it, it is living and active, and it does surgery in your life. It changes your life. You want to change your life? Man, find out the promises of God. Read the Word of God and get it inside of you every single day. Now, I'm just giving you the Bible's outline. So if you want to keep trying harder and making a list of resolutions, knock yourself out. But if you want to enter into the new covenant life and experience real life change, number one, get closer to God. Number two, hold on to the promises of God. And then verse 24, and let us, everybody say let us. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, this one's really interesting to me. Like, are you saying to me, God, that the secret to my personal growth is whether I'm helping somebody else? Yeah. In other words, if you want real life change, a part of that change takes place when you make a decision, I'm not just going to live my life for me. I'm going to live my life for others. That's a change, man. That's a game changer when you do that. Man, I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to make a difference in the life of the people around me. Let me say this. If you're not growing in your life, the reason is is because you've made life all about you. All right? It's focused on you. But as soon as you say, I'm going to change the focus and I'm going to direct it towards the people around me, I'm going to live my life focused on others, you start to see an amazing change on the inside of you. Now, this is the Bible's outline for changing our lives. Finally, in verse 25, it says, Let us not give up on the habit of meeting together. Now, what's that all about? Well, the Bible is saying there's a reason that some of us are not growing spiritually and real life change is not happening. It's because we've left out a piece of the puzzle that God always intended for spiritual growth. And this is so important. I believe this really applies to the idea of small groups. 
It says, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, you're not really going to change if you're not making some real-life connections with other people, if you're just doing life on your own. So here's what I want to do. I've already given you the four points. I want to go back through them really quick, just sum it up. But this time I'm going to do it in the form of a question. And these are four questions that you can look at to evaluate your life in 2020. And here's my guarantee, that if you'll do this, you'll begin to grow spiritually. You will, all right? It'll change your life, and it'll start on the inside. And when a change takes place on the inside, I promise you, it will impact every other area of your life that you would normally have on your resolution list. Changing on the inside is what changes the outside. And, and again, this will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually, all right? And the more you realize that, the more you realize how God changes everything else, all right? Here's the, here's the four questions. Number one, am I worshiping intimately? You know, if God wants us to draw near this year, then I think the first question that we need to ask is, am I worshiping? Now, chances are a lot of you aren't. Maybe you don't understand uh, that, that uh, you, you, you say, okay, well, I know there's a God, but he doesn't feel like your friend. I don't know him intimately. Well, you need to know that according to John 4 to 23, this is what God desires it says, yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For these are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. In other words, God is out there looking for worshipers. Well, Pastor Robert, what is a worshiper? Is that somebody like you know, plays the guitar and sings like Jeff does? No. The word worship here is the Greek word proskuneo. Can you say that? proskuneo. And, and you don't have to remember that except to know that it literally translates to kiss. And it's not talking about the kiss that lovers have. It's more like the kiss that you have that you get like when you come home uh, after a hard day at work and you come in and your dog's running circles around you and can't wait to jump up in your lap and just give you a big kiss. It's that kind of kiss. Like we used to have a dog. His name was Taco. He was a little chihuahua, right? And he was a Mexican dog, but he was a French kisser. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying, he was, <laughs> he, they, it's just, I'm just being honest, right? But when you come home, he was like, where have you been? I'm so excited. I love you so much. And he just started kissing all over you, right? And see, the Father, our Heavenly Father, he's not looking at, at, at church attendance. He's not looking at, at tithing. He's not looking at communion and all those. And, and those are all great things to do. Those are wonderful things to do. But he's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people who say, God, you are my everything. Hey, my, my, my world doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around you. I love you, Lord. And I love you, Lord. And I lift up my voice. I'm worshiping you. And see, a lot of us have never gone there. And I just want to encourage you in 2020, if you want change on the inside, you need to fall intimately, passionately, and affectionately in love with Jesus. And I promise you, 
promise you it'll change your life. Now look, I know this is hard for some of you. I'm sympathetic because I remember the first time I ever went to a church where they openly worshiped God, right? And there were people that were raising their hands and you know, there were people that were down on their knees and there were some that were crying and there were some that were dancing and I thought, man, this place is crazy. I'm not, that is, this, these people, these people are weird, right? But you know, I kept watching them, you know? And so I said, I, I think I'm going to go back. And I went back you know, and, and this, is, this is like in the early, we used to have a Sunday night service too. I went to the Sunday morning, I went to the Sunday night service. I told Vicki, said, I'm going back next week. She said, really, you're going back to the crazy, yeah, I'm going back to the crazy church. And uh, I went back, because, and the reason why is because I saw something in them that they had that I didn't have, and I wanted it. You know what I'm talking about? I wanted it. And I remember the first time I made the decision that I was going to raise my hands in church. I was scared to death, right? I was driving to church. And I said, today's the day. I'm going to raise my hand in church. So I get to church, you know, and the, the music starts. And, and, you know, I just started with tap the toe. At <laughs> that toe tapping, man. That's it. That's it. I'm in. I'm starting. I look around. Nobody's looking at me. Okay, I'm good, right? And you start a little side to side. Right? A little bit of side-to-side action. Nobody's looking at me. Okay, I'll go to carry the TV. Right? I'm carrying the TV. That's okay. And then, man, you finally you graduate into full touchdown. Right? You go there. Listen, man, I am promising you, promising you, if you make the decision, I'm going to fall in love with God this year. I'm going to worship God with all I have. You know, I'm not going to worry about what anybody else might think. I'm going to worry about the fact that I am coming in. Well, I'm not going to worry at all. I'm just going to come in and I'm going to worship. Yeah. I, I, and when I start worshiping, the worry's gone, right? It's going to change. And, 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 and here's the promise. Listen, James chapter 4, verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Right? And let me give you some life, some advice. Your life's going to be better if you come near to God. It just will. It's going to be better. So that's the first let us. Let us draw near. Let's do that. All right? I'm helping you grow spiritually in 2020. And then he said, hold unswervingly to the promises of God. So the second question is, am I feeding daily? Right? Am I making God's word a part of my life every day? And guys, we do everything here at Coast to encourage you to get into the Word every day. And I think part of the reason that so many people struggle is because they're not getting that living Word into their life. They don't realize that this is an inspired living book. You know, most books you can read and go, okay, well, I've read it. But the Bible, guys, I'm probably, this is, I'm guessing, but I think this is probably about the 30th year that I've read through the Bible from start to finish. Just finished it. I just started. I'm in a new uh, a season, you know, and I'm excited about it because you know why? Even after all this time, I always see something I hadn't seen before. There's something that God speaks to my heart. It's living. It's breathing. And so when I'm reading through the Word, all of a sudden it grabs a hold of my heart in a way that I wasn't expecting because God is speaking into my day-to-day life right here, right now. And see, that's what changes our life. It's so important. If you want to read along with the plan that I'm reading on, go to our website, coastcommunity.org, 
click on the Bible 365 tab. When you get there, it'll say, you know, it'll give you a bunch of different reading plans. The one that I'm reading is the one that gives you a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament. And if you read it every single day, by the end of the year, you will have read through the whole Bible. And if you, you know, you're going along and, and you miss a couple of days or something like that, you can either make it up or you can just move on. It's okay. Don't let it stop you. Whatever you do, don't just go, okay, well, I missed a day, so now I can't do it. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. Just read. The book of Joshua says this. Keep this book of the law, talking about the Bible, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Let it get into your heart so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. In other words, right, keep it, keep it always on my lips. I'm talking about it. I'm meditating on it. And now I'm taking everything that, that's kind of getting in here and in here, and I'm actually putting it into practice in my life. So you don't know what to put into practice if you're not reading it. So you read it and you start to do it. And, and, and I think that's awesome. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. And it's, 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 it's going to be the basis for every decision that I make. I wouldn't even take a step without you, God. All right? And it's a light to my path. Think about it this way. The average reader, if you're an average reader, if, if you're watching, say, a movie, all right? You're watching, you've got a movie on Netflix. The average movie is about two hours long. In two hours, if you're just a normal average reader, all right, you can read from like uh, somewhere around, um, the, you know, the uh, Galatians, I think it is. I think I wrote it down. Uh, I know. I, I know. See, I, 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 write my, I write my pages out like this. When I first started preaching, you know, years and years ago, I was down about a 12 or 14 font. This is 23, y'all. If I don't get my glasses soon, I'm going to have about four words on a page, right? All right? Uh, yeah. Now, if you, if, you just, if you just read, if you were to read for two hours, you could read from Galatians to Jude. That's, that's, that's well over half of the New Testament in just two hours. All right? So just a little bit of reading every day. It doesn't take long. You go to the Bible 365 plan, you can read it in about seven, eight minutes. And, and here's what I do. Like, like this last year, my whole uh, thing was uh, I, I, I would take and just write down a thought, one thought or one scripture that stood out to me out of what I read. And I just kept a little journal beside that, and I just wrote that one thought down. This year, I'm working on a devotional book. So I'm trying to write a devotion for every single day of the year for this next coming year. So I'm excited about that. But, uh, you know, that's what you're doing. Look, guys, we're just taking the outline here in the Bible and saying, if you want real life change that happens on the inside, let us draw near. Let's fall intimately in love with God. Let's get into God's Word and let it set the course uh, for our life. And then he says, you know, let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. So this third one is shocking because basically it's this. If you serve somebody, if you find a place where you can serve in ministry, like you come in and you get involved with our Made with Love ministry where we're feeding people in the community, if you get involved maybe serving in children's ministry or working with our, our teenagers or if you get involved with First Impressions or something like that, what you're going to discover is that it will do more for you than even the people that you're serving. It really, really will. It changes your life when you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to open up my home this semester to a small group. 
Listen to me. If you and your wife are fighting and you know that you have a small group coming to your house, they're going to be there, about 20 people are coming in about you know, 20 minutes or so, you're going to get it together, right? You're going to work through it because, man, it's coming. It changes you. You're going to grow better, all right? So the question is this is, number three, am I serving faithfully? Have I found a place to serve? And First Peter says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. And the word variety there, notice that it means that some of you, and you're going to be making coffee before the service, or some of you, you're going to lead a small group. Some of you are going to greet people at the door as they come in. Some, some of you may play guitar and drums and that sort of thing, and you work with Jeff and the worship team. But the idea is this, is you have a gift or gifts. And let me say this without sounding like I'm fussing. But every time you choose not to use your gift, it affects us. Like, we need your gift. We need your gift. It brings something to the table. And don't get me wrong. What we're doing is working, but it would work so much better if you were a part of it. All right? And then the the final let us is this. Uh, Let us not give up meeting together as some of us are in the habit of doing. You know, in just a few weeks, we're going to be uh, launching small groups. And some of you, maybe you could host a small group in your home. Some of you, maybe you might want to, you have an idea and you can lead a small group. You know, take one of the blue cards and just let us know. Write down, man, I'd like to, I, I got an idea for a small group and, and that sort of thing. And then just leave it at the, at the mixing board or at the sound booth as you, as you leave or put it in the offering at the close of the service. But please know this, if you'll commit to being a part of a small group, and go in a little bit deeper than we go here on Sunday mornings. And knowing others and being known. Having someone that you can share your secrets with. Share your problems with. Someone you can be accountable to. In fact, let me say to some of you. Some of you, you have some major issues in your life. Right? You, you have some real problems. There's some things that are going on in your life. And you're just sick of them. You may be addicted to pornography. And you may be addicted to alcohol or drugs. You have some issues. Maybe there's an anger issue. Maybe there's a spending problem. Check this out. God's system, his system, wasn't set up just for you and him to work it out. God always intended for you to have people that you were accountable with. And through that, you can experience real healing in your life. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the verse first, and then I'll give you the last fill-in. James chapter 5 says, Therefore, confess your sins to who? Yeah, some people say, oh, no, 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 no. I'll tell people this verse. I'll say, confess your sin to each other. They go, no, 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 you confess your sins to God. Yes, you do. You confess your sins to God, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I confess my sins to God, and I find forgiveness. But when I confess my sins to each other and pray for each other, we find healing. You need, you need forgiveness and you need healing. So that means you need some people. Now, don't just go confessing your sin to somebody in Walmart. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about get in with some people that you know and you've built relationships with and confess your sins. So here's the final question we should ask ourselves if we really want to grow. And that's what I've been doing in this series, just helping you grow. Is we ask, am I worshiping? intimately? Am I feeding daily? Am I serving faithfully? And then number four, am I connecting regularly. You have to connect. You will not survive without connections. Now do me a favor. Close your eyes. Let's just pray. 
Father, I thank you so much. And I've given you an outline this morning for spiritual growth. So this message is for everyone here who is frustrated about going through another life, and another year, and thinking, man, I'm going to go through another year and nothing's going to change. If you want change, the most important change you can make is the one that happens on the inside of you. And that's why some of you here today, the very first change you need to make is that you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you say, Robert, I need to take that very first step. I need to say yes to Jesus Christ. I need to invite him into my heart and into my life. And maybe you've never done that. Today's your day. This is a great opportunity to take that step. And if that's you and you say, Robert, would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward in front of everybody. This is me and you. If you would say, Robert, I need to pray that prayer. I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Just right where you are, would you make eye contact with me? Thank you. Thanks. Looking around, I don't want to miss anybody else. Thank you so much. Anybody? Yeah, looking around. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. As much as I know how, I ask you to forgive me. I'm going to try and turn from my old way of doing things. And Lord, I want to follow after you. Lord, change me. Do your work inside of me. I put my trust in you. Well, every head's bowed, every eye's still closed. If you're here and you would say, Robert, this message is for me. There's some things inside of me that I need to change. Would you pray for me? Can I just see your hand? All over the room. There's some things inside of me I need to change. Thank you. God sees your hand. And he knows the issue that you're working on. So, Lord, thank you for every hand. Thank you for every person. Lord, I pray that today would be a a day where people would realize it's not just a, a, a set of motions that I go through. It's a set of allowing God to change me on the inside. And I pray for you that you would let God change you from the inside out. Not something that happens externally, but that you would let God do it inside of you. And I do believe, all my heart, I'll say it one more time because I want you to catch it. This will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. So now everybody look up. So here's my prayer for you this week. As we start into this very first part of this new year, this new decade, 2020, that you would say to God, God, change me on the inside. Lord, help me to know you deeper, to worship you deeper. Father, just speak into my heart, speak into my life. I'm praying that you will have clarity in the things that God is saying to you and showing you for this year, and and that God would do that in a powerful way. Amen? Amen. Hey, a couple of things really quickly. If you're new to Coast, uh, maybe this is your first time here. Uh, we do have a free gift for you. If you'll take that blue card that you filled out and take it to our welcome desk, which is right as you go out the doors to the right, we've got a free gift we'd love to put in your hands. And we just want to say, hey, we're so glad that you came. And we really hope to get to know you better. I hope you'll come back next week. Uh, Next week, we're continuing our series brand new. And I'm going to be talking about a new year, a new attitude. Attitude is everything, right? It really makes a huge difference. 
And then our 21 days of prayer and fasting, every year at the beginning of the year, we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's starting today. Um, there's great information. Uh, if you've never fasted, you may not know how to do it. If you go to my personal uh, website, robertpooley.org, there's kind of all kinds of information on fasting there. Uh, you can fast. You can do food fast. You can do a, like a Daniel fast. There's information about that on uh, robertpooley.org. You can, um, you can fast TV. You can fast social media. There's, there's some, I, I tell people it doesn't really matter what you fast as long as it stings a little bit, right? And the reason is not because you, you want to do something that's going to hurt. What you want to do is you want to give up something and say, God, you're more important than anything in my life. Even these things that I do regularly all the time. And God, I'm giving it up. So every time I want that thing, whatever it is I'm giving up, God, I want to focus in on you in that moment. One of the things that we found out is that these 21 days of prayer and fasting really set up our year for what God is going to do. And I believe this is going to be a good year. A good year for Coast, a good year for you guys. And so we ask you to join us for that. It starts today and goes through the 25th. And uh, man, it's just a special time. Our new season of small groups is starting in February. I, I mentioned if you're interested in hosting a group or that sort of thing, you can let us know with a blue card. And then our growth track, step one, is today. If you're interested, it's at 2 o'clock. We'd love for you to come and be a part of that. Uh, it's also a place where you can check out what it means to be a member here at Close Coast. That happens at 2 o'clock. There is a sign-up sheet in the foyer. We do ask that you sign up because uh, if nobody signs up, we ain't coming either, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you don't sign up and nobody else signed up and you come, we're not going to be here. <laughs> sign up. But it also lets us know how many things to make. And uh, we'll do that. I want to pray one more prayer, a prayer of blessing as you get ready to go. If you would, raise your hands with me. Father, thank you so much for each and every person here. I pray that you bless them this week in all that they do, that you pour out wisdom upon them. Give them wisdom in all that they do. Father, give them favor in the eyes of every person they come in contact with. Let your anointing be on their life. And Father, I pray that you would give them divine appointments where they could tell other people the story of what you've done in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.